0: Hello and welcome to the Language of Mindfulness podcast. This is a podcast for people who want to have more great conversations in your life. You want to connect, you want to speak authentically, and you want to listen deeply. This is how to do it, and it's the real deal. So, why should you listen to the Language of Mindfulness? Because in every episode, I'm going to give you tips and guidance I've learned. In my pretty extensive career of coaching and practice from the best and brightest in the field of interpersonal communications, public speaking, meditation, group leadership, and somatic psychology. And we're going to have interviews with some amazing people about their groundbreaking work. Can
1: you love and admire and acknowledge this moment?
0: It's my goal to give actionable and uncommon tips and advice in every episode that you can implement right away. So subscribe or follow now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you don't listen, you're gonna miss some great stuff that you just won't hear anywhere else. I'm your host, Brett Hill, and welcome to the Language of Mindfulness. I'm really excited to welcome to the show today Nick Pags. But it's actually
1: Paganelli. Last
0: Paganelli, Paganelli, but Nick Pags, I love the name. Tell me a bit about what it is that you do. Tell our listeners what it is that you're up to these days.
1: So I am a mindset coach. I work with groups and I work one-on-one with people. Uh, I also, I work outside of my own business for other groups as a guest coach here and there. Um, and I work with a dear friend of mine who runs an online course as well as her mindset coach. And I'm a speaker. So I, I do a lot of talking is what I'll say.
0: <laughs> you do a lot of talking. You're in the talking business, it seems like, right? That's so right. So tell me, what what is in your world, how do you relate to the notion of being a mindset coach? Like what, what goes into, you're, you're talking to somebody, how do you sort out mindset for somebody and help them develop Um, an orientation to that, first of all, like people go, what the heck is a mindset? And then next, how how do you get people into a place where they are willing to kind of shuffle the deck there a little bit and have a different mindset?
1: It has been, it's such a great question because it's been something I've been discovering for the last two, three years, how to explain what it is I do with people (laughs) and how to introduce people, like have them walk into the door of of what's going on here. Because I think there's a, a big stigma around asking for support in terms of mindset, because mm-hmm. we're supposed to have that figured out on our own. Like I, mm-hmm. if I, if I need help with my mindset, there must be something wrong with my brain. There must be yeah, something and where, wrong. With you
0: know, I must've missed that course in college or in yeah. school or somewhere, right?
1: <laughs> like it just, it, it's crazy to me that, that we don't find it uh, n- normal or appropriate to ask for support in terms of having a healthy mindset. I do No kidding. Yeah. And
0: not only that, having a healthy heart, healthy, healthy mind is sort of like we don't reach out like people get emotionally distressed. And it's like, oh, my God, I'd rather tough it out and, and, you know, binge drink myself into numbness than go find a resource to help me work this through. It's like it's crazy. You're right. It's sort of almost like the very first thing we've encountered here is resistance in the general public and with asking for help. Of course.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And and it started for me, I was in the fitness industry for 11 years and I was doing mindset work while, while I was teaching classes and I didn't know it. Like I was just, you know, I'm a kid like trying to get people motivated and inspired. And I'm sure we'll discuss this as we go, but I had to learn how to connect with people as a 21, 22, 23 year old kid working with in the affluent area I was growing up in and working in. Uh, there were a lot of successful businessmen and women, millionaires, just 40s and 50s and 60-year-olds who, you know, why would I listen to this 21-year-old yeah, so kid? What is the so how did offer?
0: you deal with that? I mean, wasn't that, that would put off a lot of people kind of like, well, they're not going to listen to me. Why should they?
1: Yep, And and that was really where I think I took my first step into this work was that I realized that it's not about me having some knowledge that everybody else doesn't. I started mm. reading books and trying to intake the information and then pour it out into people and hope that help them through the day. And what I realized was, we have a lot of the answers we're looking for, if not all of the mm-hmm. answers we're looking for, inside of us. We yeah, were made exactly. by the power at be in some way, perfectly as we are, with the tools we need to create the life that we want to create. And, really I, and what I it took a lot of pressure off me, Brett, because I realized. I don't have to have all the answers for these people. I just need mm-hmm. to have the right questions so that they can answer their own.
0: That's so well said. And I you you discovered, I think, uh how old were you when you realized that?
1: I was I, I think I was 23.
0: That's incredible because that's a that's an awakening and awareness that people usually struggle for to get to, like facilitating other people's innate knowledge mm-hmm. is um I I I classify that as kind of a master level work where you're mm-hmm. you're getting yourself out of the way and you're realizing that as a coach your job is to facilitate what's already there rather than to put a bunch of stuff into them and have them go execute your game plan. Yeah. That's really amazing.
1: 100% because what we realize is that I- My goal is not to have people need me. That's not my intention with my work. And it wasn't even when I was in the fitness industry. I'm not looking to do this so that you come knocking on my door every night. I just don't have the capacity for it. And my shoulders (laughs) can't hold that much weight. (laughs) That's not empowerment in the way that I see it. Empowerment is when you remind someone how capable they are on their own, of creating the life of their dreams, does that mean that you can't have support along the way, somebody helping you tap into that inner wisdom, that intuition that's built into you, not on accident? It's there. Are you willing to look into it? And I think that that I learned at a very young age for where most people, like you said, most people learn that much farther down the road. For whatever reason, I was forced to access that understanding Mm. so that I can improve the class experience. And then it grew into... A business of being able to really ask people, "What is it that you want for your life? Who do you yeah. want to be, and are you actually doing things and saying things and creating a life that's aligned with that?"
0: Yes, exactly. So, so you're asking the question, "Who do you want to be, and then what are the actions you're taking?" And in my work, I would I would take that. I'm not going to say a step farther, but I would say uh, slightly. Um, I would ask the question. Who are you now? Like who mm. are you now? And and letting the focus be now as the indicator about what your next outcome will be, right? Yes. Yes. And I and and I so how does that resonate with what you what you do?
1: I love I I love what you're saying because what you're doing is bringing up presence and that is where people really struggle is that they don't live a life of presence. They're trying to get somewhere where they're not. And it's so interesting when they get there they're still trying to get somewhere farther than that. So they're never actually satisfied in living how many years or months or days down the road and never actually enjoying the beauty of the experience that they're in. And my Mm. request for people is, can you love and admire and acknowledge this moment and ask yourself, who am I becoming? And am am I aligning with that person, that vision for my life, the guy who's making a lot of money, the guy who has success, the guy who loves that relationship, the guy who's whatever it is that you have a vision of. Can you step into being that person before the results prove that you are? And that's a profound yes. understanding for a lot of people. They need. They often, in my experience, live by proof. If I get a million dollars, then I'll call myself a millionaire. But mm-hmm. what if you be that millionaire, mindset-wise, before the money ever comes, and then, lo and behold, we quickly start to see that money pour in because we're being the type of person that can receive that. It's money, it's Mm -hmm. relationship, it's all different domains. So the way you ask that question to me is profound because it takes presence to do that. And Mm -hmm. then who do you want to become? Are you acting, showing up as being that person before that person even exists?
0: Right. It's kind of, so it's like in my work, the, the biggest question I can ask a client or anyone myself is who am I now? Right. Mm. And so it's like, what's my quality of experience like? And, and if it's, and if it's uh horrible, like I'm having a really bad moment that that doesn't become my story. Like, Oh, I am a terrible, I'm having a horrible, my day is trashed because it, but rather just going, Oh, I'm experiencing some unpleasantness. It's like, it's, it's, I'm experiencing it rather than I am that, mm-hmm. you know? So there's this disidentification that happens from I'm or, or, and, and maybe, and, and help me out here. Cause I'm trying to uh, adopt your vocabulary and your mind, your mindset in a way, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I do. I kind of put on people's mindset as it. a, as a, as a, and it's like, you're saying, put yourself in the frame of mind of the person that you, that will uh, engage the the kind of life that they wish to have from a point of view of like I I want to achieve these things I want to have these things now that puts things out in the future but if you can inhabit the state yes. now of what that would be what that of what that is that causes you to and uh, this is a phrase I love causes you to be the person that you need to be to do the things you need to do.
1: Yes, exactly. I mean, you said, you said the word right there, that's the golden ticket, it's your state. And what we often do is we think states are created by results, which is not necessarily the case because our it can be, right? Like a thing happens. So I, I actually did a, a webinar one day, uh, a couple of weeks back. The topic was joy versus happiness. One is a state, one is a feeling.
0: Could you say that again? I think it lagged just, it lagged there just a second. What was that again?
1: Yeah, I did a webinar where the topic was joy versus happiness, understanding the distinction between the two. And to me, the difference is that one is a state and one is a feeling. And the way I like Mm. to look at feelings are like, when you're in sixth grade, there's like the cool kids. And then there's the kids who are trying to be the cool kids. And The cool kids are the state and Mm. the feelings are the kid trying to be the cool kids. The feelings follow whatever your state is. If you Mm. own a state of certainty, a feeling of confidence will come through. A feeling of pride will come through. A feeling of ownership comes through. If you own the state of certainty before anything proves that you should be certain, your life could be in shambles all over the place. What I believe the work of mindset coaching is, is can I get myself to a state where I, I am embodying certainty, we'll use, mm-hmm. if it's certainty, I'm embodying that before I have mm-hmm. all the reason or the proof to tell me that I am a certain person. I just mm-hmm. demand it of myself and I show up as that way. And then yeah. my external life becomes a reflection of my internal.
0: Right, right. And so that I, I love that because it aligns with um, the my orientation, which is being than doing it's like mm-hmm. from your beat for your actions it come from the be your being like who you are mm-hmm. and and so in mindfulness practice when you like get in touch with sort of who you really are like you're like you said you're born with you know a set as as a you know a package that's kind of got some goodness in it mm-hmm. in my point of view and when you connect to your innate self the the package that you are the the the, the carrying the way you want good things for yourself and your friends the the way you want to be cared for and care about other people you know all those things that i think are kind of common to the human experience at a deep level, not like a transient level. Well, that guy treated me bad. So I don't, you know, not, not a transactional level, but something that is really in your bones. And when you feel it as a non-negotiable truth, Mm. then when you step into the world and you start to act from that place, the, voice that you inhabit and the actions that you take are superpowered.
1: Amen. Because Amen. I love it. And it, that is the way I like to I was taught by a coach of mine was be do then have. And I think most mm. people come from a space of okay, I want to have confidence, so I'll do things with confidence and I'll be confident.
0: Exactly. He, it's upside he, down.
1: Yes. Yes, can we flip that script and say before like you figure out the doing be the confident person. That's putting yourself into the state. Just be it. Like, what is a confident, like in beingness of confidence, what does being confident look like? What does it feel like? What is the energy like? Embody that before you have a reason to, or before somebody shows you how.
0: So how do you, so how do you approach that? Somebody says to you, well, I'd like to be more confident, but you know, I, 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 getting on the stage and I'm just so worried about what people are going to think of me. I'm afraid of messing up and, or I'm, I'm in business. I'm always trying to over, over deliver and I'm a perfectionist because I just don't want people to be critical of me. And, and they're suffering in a way because they have a a lack of confidence. They're over-focused on what people say back to them about things. What, how do you help somebody in that situation?
1: So the first thing that I believe we have to do is we have to look at the beliefs because the beliefs are the blocks and our beliefs are a combination of our conditioning, where we came from, how we were raised, our education, what we learned, what we were taught. And through those, we generate our own personal belief system. And when we look at our reality, what, what's going on in our lives, our reality is a byproduct of our actions. Our actions are a byproduct of our thoughts. And our thoughts are a byproduct of our beliefs. So I come from the standpoint of I think most people focus on changing their actions. They'll read the book, uh, The Best Habits to Change, and they'll change the habits for a hot second and then they'll get different results and feel great. And then it goes away a week later, a month later. And they're like, ah, man, I gotta go deeper. So they go into meditation or they'll go into some type of let's work on my thoughts. You know, they'll go take a vacation because they wanna clear their mind. And again, it may fix things for a short amount Mm -hmm. of time, but you always go back to that deep-rooted conditioning. So what's deeper than the thoughts? That's our belief systems. So when we're talking Mm -hmm. about adjusting beingness and building confidence, the first thing I need to do is I need to put a little flashlight on what's going on in there and discover what do you believe about the world in terms of confidence? What do you believe about yourself in the world in terms of this thing you're trying to achieve? Because if I know Mm -hmm. your beliefs... I know your blocks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and if mm -hmm. I can target your blocks and we can work through those and create new belief systems, which is a very Mm -hmm. challenging thing to do. And that's where, you know, it took me a while to, to trust that I have a gift in being able to do that. And once I and swallowed so tell, that.
0: Tell me a little bit about that. Well, tell me about your gift here. What's, how do you know that that's a truth for you? I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Not, and, and I I, love I'm it. really, and I, I'm honestly, because this is the way I roll, I get really curious about people and, and you know, what makes you this, what's your secret, secret sauce, so to speak. Cause I, I believe it's something cause I, you know, the way I roll is intuitively and I can tell you have a little something, something going on there. And I'm curious about what that is and how that shows up.
1: Yep. Um, so the something, something I would like to (laughs) equate a a good, a good amount of it, um, to my parents, where I came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just, I grew up with two of the most phenomenal people that ever existed. Like they're amazing.
0: Such a gift.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I think about when you say gift and I just like, it's not a big enough word. Like I just had two of the greatest (laughs) people and my dad drove me crazy and my mom tested me and like we had all the challenges and they're the the whole package. right? Yep. Yep. And they're two of the greatest people on the planet. And because of that, I feel very fortunate and responsible to, to, share a lot of that. And it's so interesting. It my mom, and, my mom and dad are, my dad is more of a theatrical guy, but my mom is very behind the scenes. And both mm-hmm. of them have such incredible wisdom and instilled so many ridiculously beautiful values into me, but they're a little quieter. They would never, like my mom, the idea of social media, like never happening. And I almost huh. feel this responsibility as somebody who feels comfortable in front of a camera or on a microphone or on a stage or whatever it is, to be able to share what maybe it wasn't feeling like didn't feel right for her to share. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I think that's a huge part of it. Um, my background in college was counseling and human services, so I, I started mm. to understand listening, active listening, mm. in a way that I didn't before that. Uh, but I always had this mm. knack and ability, and care to listen mm-hmm. and exactly. to to truly hear people, Brett. You know, like I just don't mm. think we do enough of that in the the testify, three second testify, world. Man, it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> the three second world. We just don't do it. Like, how quickly no can kidding. I get done with this thing? Can I put this like the amount of times I have put a pot I caught myself putting a podcast on and clicking like the speed to go faster so the voices can go faster because I want to maximize mm-hmm. my time. We're in a world of wanting to have more time back. And mm-hmm. we don't give certain things the time of day. And I I've it's always felt natural to me to actually be present and listen. And it's the number one feedback I get from wow. whether it's a high ticket one-on-one client or a group program or a free webinar, people feel heard when they work mm. with me in a way that maybe they haven't before. That is
0: that is so beautiful. I love that because it really is so true. And it's a gift it's a, it's a gift of presence. And mm-hmm. I mean, a man I studied with, Ron Kurtz, who created the Hakomi method of somatic psychotherapy, was the first person I ever really noted. Uh, if I have a gift at all, it's like in learning from what other people do. It's kind of like somehow when somebody does something and I'm interpersonally and I'm really paying attention, really paying attention, somehow something about what goes on in them gets mapped over to me. So it's like I learn from other people's expert systems. So I love to watch a good therapist or a good coach or somebody who's really, really good with something, just sit back and just watch. Cause I feel like I'm absorbing, not that's probably too strong a word, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting some information about their expert system without them having to lecture to me about it.
1: That's a great now, gift.
0: When, with Ron, With Ron, I did, Kurt, he did some of this same sort of work where he would just sit down and watch and listen. And when I could see the high, super intelligent, high quality focus he brought to bear in a holistic way, it wasn't just Mm. hearing words, it was being present with the entire experience of this person. What are they saying? How are they saying it? What's the pace? What's their pitch? Um, How old are they? How do they hold their body? Are they tense? Do they smile? What's the, do they flush? uh, You know, a little, what's the way they move their eyes? So many things Mm -hmm. inform us about what's really going on with another person. I like to say that um, the entirety of a person shows up every moment. Mm, If you just look for it. Oh. So that it doesn't take long for someone like with your skill set or someone who's been trained in deep connected listening to really know somebody. And I'm not talking about in an imaginary way,
1: mm-hmm. you know, yep.
0: uh, does that resonate with you?
1: It, in a way, I haven't heard it said before. That was beautiful. And, and it's something that I grew up. Um, being picked on by my friends and my family in a in a very loving way, but they would because always say, you were you, sensitive. No, because they would say to me, "You can't have that many best friends." Everybody was oh, my best friend.
0: Everybody's your best friend. Whoever you're talking to is your best friend, right? And
1: I would say, "Ah, oh, this is my best friend," but blah, blah blah blah. And my other best friend would be like, "Best fr- he? You met him last month? What do you mean he's?" <laughs> and it was always <laughs> my good. way because yeah. I felt like in moments moments. Mm. I had the capacity to engage deeply and create deep connection with someone in moments. Beautiful. And I don't know if I ever learned that. I think it kind of just happened. yeah. You well, know?
0: there's a both, and, it's a both end, right? Yeah. Because you did some experimenting. I heard you say earlier with I have to be willing to let people be who they are and facilitate that. So there's a, in the deep listening, there's a, there's an active laying back yep. right it's active though it's not like i'm checking out it's kind of like i'm deeply engaged and i'm not speaking
1: yes yes
0: and when you can do that as a skill and it's probably something about your childhood and the way you're brought up i don't know and then just the package that you were born with i'm just guessing here um mm-hmm. you know all that come together for you very early and what a gift because i can't wait to see you know what you turn out to be like 10, 12 years from now, like the, the master yeah. class you'll be offering. Oh, so where I was going with this Ron Kurtz thing was loving presence. Mm-hmm. Like when you are simply being with somebody in a way where you're feeling the love, like you're saying, I, that's my best friend and you're making space for them. And he would say in, in loving presence, healing happens automatically. Yep. And that just really stuck with me. And so in a way it's kind of like, isn't that what we want to be for each other? Uh, a loving presence so we can facilitate our, our own unfolding and growth.
1: Yeah. I hope it's so. It's beautiful. And, and hope. everybody gets to do that in a way that yes. is natural to them like that there's a way to be lovingly present in the way that you are as the listener right now your natural state as you are as a human is perfect to have that loving presence in your way and my way is loud and you'll like theatric my arms move a lot that's the italian side (laughs) of me and and i and i i speak clearly and i'm forward and that's my way of a loving presence and Yes that does look like sometimes silence and just looking you in the eyes and being here for you. But mm-hmm. I think that we we put this like I love that statement loving presence like if if we allowed ourselves to believe that we all have the capacity to do that we would start doing it more. It's not some sp- special gift that only a couple people have. There are people who have studied it and practice it and probably have it more natural but we as humans i think have the ability to do that as we're getting gas and talking to the cashier as well, we're
0: ex- yes yes thank you for saying that i actually have a whole series of practices about talking to cashiers because it's because it's <laughs> a great way to practice it's a great way to practice a lot of stuff um but the, but uh, you're so right it's kind of like remember the where we started with like what's my experience now well i'm in the state of loving presence okay on to the next class because you know you're 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 ready to go. You're ready to meet the world, and that's where you're at. And then there, but people have these barriers to that. It's like, well, I can't be happy because I don't have my million dollars, or I don't have my Ferrari, or I'm not famous yet. You know, it's like they put all those. So, what do you do with somebody who pushes their their willingness to be kind of okay into the future because they haven't attained what they want yet?
1: Yeah, that's a great question that I believe most people live into, like most people are in the position right now of this mindset that my happiness lives out there. And I think Mm -hmm. I, I referenced it before, you are in for a rude awakening. Because every time you get to that thing, that's your marker point of happiness, you'll say, I need to go somewhere else. You'll never find what you're looking for when you get there. Because we were not put on this planet for a destination we were put on this planet for a journey for the experience mm-hmm. the the ride of it very cliche but the actual the only thing the the only thing that makes sense to me with this is understanding that all we have is right now there there is it. there is no future there is no past i know it's again like i struggle to say this without sounding cliche but if you actually can comprehend the fact that the only moment that exists is right now. That's all that exists. And when we, when we can swallow that, it gives us the freedom to be in it, to be in this moment. And yes, I can desire our, a Ferrari. There's nothing wrong with wanting a Ferrari if that's what you love. You love fast cars and that's your thing. Beautiful. The only way, not the only way, a profound, fulfilling way To create that desired result that you want in your life is to allow yourself to be here on your mission to go get what it is that you want and not rely on that thing to give you your happiness. The thing doesn't offer you the happiness. It's when you are doing and being what you are fashioned to do and be, that is when fulfillment happens. And when Mm. we can have that, when we can be in that every day, all the time, consistently, it is such a profound life shift, internal shift, that then shows in your external experience. We start to attract things that we never had in our lives before. We start to, people use the word manifest, or or we create or generate or attract the things that we've said we wanted for so long. What has to happen is that we need to be willing to believe that we are the person that receives that before it happens kind of full circle with where we started the conversation yeah. i think it is such a profound shift when i work with people to realize that hey i want you to detach from the need to go get that thing out there i'm going to give a quick example because i think it'll please
0: help do. Right. yeah please do
1: i had a woman that i was working with an entrepreneur she was an entrepreneur for 18 years when i started working with her and one of the things she came to me, the heaviest was money mindset. She said, man, I'm really struggling with my money mindset. I just, I want to hit six figures. That mm-hmm. is my, like, I've thought about it every year. I've written it down. I talk about it all the time. I'm trying to manifest it by putting it at the forefront of my mind. I said, great. So I need you to, go ahead. You could write it down. Write it down. $100,000 this year. Cool. I need you to fold it up. We're going to put it in a shoebox. We're going to put it under the bed. And I want you to stop it. Stop <laughs> giving it the power that you're giving it that that. thing you're you're living in a chasing mentality which means you're looking like if if you're constantly chasing after something or you're chasing after that girl or you're chasing after that guy you tend to scare them away because they're like all right chill out like it's not yeah, attractive.
0: Right. Who wants to be chased, right? Who wants yeah. to
1: be like all right, calm it down? You know, like the, yeah, right. the guy who's creepy at the club trying to yeah, dance right. with you because he's like just leave me it's alone.
0: Just, the vibe is just not right. It's and not, that's not, the word right there. Appealing, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, the vibe, you must create a vibration that matches the thing that you say you want. Mm-hmm. So if if a hundred thousand dollars for this client of mine, if a hundred thousand dollars had a high vibration for her in her mind then what she needed to do was match that high vibration to go get that thing. Meaning, Mm -hmm. I don't need you. I don't need you $100,000. I've said it for 18 years that I need you to be happy. What we did by shoving that thing under the and putting it under the bed and not paying attention to it was we focused on who is the $100,000 woman? Who is that? Mm -hmm. And can you be that today? Through this action, through this action, in each moment, can you be Mm -hmm. that? And she did that for two months and she hit her $100,000 mark in two months of working. That's field.
0: amazing. And, and that she, she was able to access resources in her that she was shutting down by pushing her objective out in front of her.
1: Yes. Is that right? Yes. I because understand. then what we're saying is when I get that thing, then I'll be the $100,000 person. Then you're waiting for the thing to come. How does the thing come? Yep. You're not being the person. You won't right. attract it. So you people spend their you whole You can't have what
0: you're looking for, right?
1: Yes, exactly. That was beautifully said. That's everything I just said in one sentence. That's it right there.
0: Yeah, but still, though, that story is important. And and I like the metaphor in actual physical. Did she actually physically write it down and physically put it under the bed?
1: Yep. She, she actually physically wrote it down. Did she put it under the bed? I don't know. I haven't seen it, but I did tell her, let's write it down. Let's see it. Let's get it out of our system. So that's the a, actually
0: I, I like that as a ritual, like a metaphorical ritual. Those things have a lot of power, more power than people realize. Yes, And, uh, and so that kind of thing and, you know, and then embodying the person that I need to be to go and do the things I need to do. And the truth of that is, When you access that and it's authentically who you are, all you're really doing, not all you're really doing, but the, the, the juice of it is that you're really stepping into your authentic self Mm -hmm. and, and that is kind of unstoppable because it's undeniable.
1: Yep. Yes. It's very Mm -hmm. powerful when you start to create your own identity defined by who you want to be, not defined by who you've been. Right.
0: So you have to give up the story of who you've been yeah, and let that, and when, when that falls away, suddenly you can be who you are and that allows you to manifest what you want to have.
1: Yeah. Which I think some people just need to rewind that and listen to that last 10 seconds again, because that right there is a, again, a profound shift when you can really comprehend that if I'm attached to, we always say, and again, I, I got this a lot growing up too. Like, man, we, we say it all the time to people. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you mm-hmm. are. And we say it with this mm-hmm. negative connotation, which like, I hear you. I know, I know you love me for who I am and you want me to stay who I am, but I'm becoming and creating something higher, bigger, grander. Like I'm, I'm creating something more of myself. And every time you tell me you've changed or don't change or remember who you are mm-hmm. what you're asking me to do is go into my past in an area where i don't want like i don't want to be that anymore maybe right i want to expand to something different and grow when we're talking about changing and evolving and growing whether it's in business relationship personal growth whatever it is if you do what you always done you'll get what you always got so we cannot go dip into the past for proof of who we've been and then copy and paste that into our future, you'll just get the same results you've always gotten. Yeah. So percent. what that means is we need to potentially shed the skin of who we thought we are. Yeah. And our identity, awesome. like our identity often, Brett, in my experience as I, as I work with people, they identify themselves by how you think someone else sees you. So I, my identity is often how I think Brett sees me, mm-hmm. which is what an identity crisis because you walk into one room and your dad says that. And then your mom says something else and your friend says something else. Well, And it's
0: a, it's a natural thing for us to all do because we're relational. You know, when you're like five years old and somebody walks in and goes, Oh, look, you're so pretty. It's kind of like, you go, Oh, when they look at me, they say I'm pretty. There must be something about me. That's pretty. And that becomes your story. Right. It's kind of like, which is
1: great when it comes to being pretty, but not so great when your teacher says you're slow. And it's not so great when someone says you suck. And it's not so great when things that don't vibe with the place you want to go in your life. So do we have to attach to those stories? No, but we have a lot of us have. And we must sometimes do the work to notice the belief systems that that created. So I have a belief system now that I'm slow in school because my teacher told me.
0: Well, right. And it gets down to you can't. This was a a lesson that I, one of my students taught me, I was uh, doing a class on mindfulness and presence and communications. And I have this exercise where we sit down and we listen to somebody, we have people pair up and they're listening. And I tell people to listen beyond the story. It's kind of like, so someone is just telling a story about their life and they're going, oh yeah, I did this. And And I say, look into who this person is. Not the story about who. They, do they feel loving? Do they feel kind? Do they feel angry? Do they feel unhappy? And it's all good. No judgment. Just what is true, right? Listen beyond the story. And the guy said to me after the exercise we were debriefing. He said, "I realized that for me to see beyond, to see past someone else's story, I had to give up my own."
1: Yeah. Oh, you know, I was gonna say it. I'm so happy you did. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's it right there. You going, have to give up. Yeah. Your yeah own it really
0: in order is. I mean. It really is true. And that's why you have to start inside in order to connect well outside. Yeah. Wow, we could go on all day. This is a, a, a beautiful, um, you know, uh, resonance that we have with with each other's work. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Um, so tell, tell me, how can people get in touch with you? Because I'm sure my listeners are going to go, this guy is amazing. And I want to know more about, about him and, and connect how can they do I that? hope to
1: connect. That would be great. Yeah. I, my most active presence is on social media at Instagram and my Instagram is at I am Nick Pags. No mistake with the I ams there. We talked about it today. I love it. Profound, uh, powerful <laughs> words. And uh, if your e- email is an easier way for you to get in touch, you can find me at Nick Pags, LLC at gmail.com and Pags is spelled P-A-G-S. Uh, and I, I do group coaching programs. We're actually doing another round. I don't know when this podcast is going out, but end of, uh, end of June, we start project limitless round four with this incredible group, uh, coaching experience that we've created It is phenomenal. So that's coming up as well as, uh, just my one-on-one experiences. They're, they're always open to having a conversation. I'm always open to having conversations with people and learning about where they're at. Um, and yeah, that's the best way to get in touch.
0: Okay. So Instagram and email. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your your insight and your gifts and your talent. And it's been a ton of fun and I'm wishing you all the best. And um, thank you. Thank Uh, you. Thank you once again. Thank you. So that's a wrap on today's edition of the Language of Mindfulness podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If so, please leave us a review on iTunes and follow along on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. We'd really appreciate it. And check us out at languageofmindfulness.com where you can sign up for a free coaching session or download our PDF on eight ways to be more mindful in a virtual meeting at languageofmindfulness.com slash eight, number eight, ways. Thanks a ton, and we're looking forward to a lot of great new content coming up as well. Have a great one, and stay present. Thanks.